At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This episode is an interview with conceptual photographer Christian Benetel. He and his sister have been taking photos for many years and have been an important part of the Flickr community for a long time. I've been a fan of his for a very, very long time. We talk about various genres like wedding and portraiture, how to take photos with professional models, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Christian. Welcome to the podcast. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, Taya. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to have a good chat about photography. Yeah, for sure. Uh, please feel to introduce yourself. You can talk about your equipment, where you live, anything else that you feel comfortable with. Sure. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Christian Benatel. I'm a photographer. I live in Sydney, Australia. I recently lived in London for two years, but I've actually I moved out a year ago today, so I've been back in Sydney for almost a year. Um, in terms of equipment, I have a Nikon D600. I've just got a 50mm lens and a 35, which is basically what I consider all you need for great portraits. Mm. And yeah, I just take some conceptual photos and a bit of fashion as well. Very cool. Uh, what inspired you to get into photography? Well, a lot of it has to do with my sister, who you've also had on the podcast, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, she was definitely the one who started photography as a family. Um, it was at school, a teacher introduced her to Flickr, and she got really into it, you know, like most of us, kind of starting off with landscapes and nature. And then she started taking self-portraits and she started, you know, showing them to me and showing me Flickr and showing me everyone else's photos. And I was just thinking, you know, like the underdog brother, like, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do it better. And yeah. it was like a friendly competition thing. Like, I want to take photos and maybe they'll be even cooler. And yeah, that's what kind of got me into it. That's really nice. I feel like not many people have siblings who introduce them to photography. It's usually maybe like the internet or something. So it is a fun introduction to this world through your sister. And you both have incredible styles of your own that are very unique. So it's awesome to have you both in the photography world. 
Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, we definitely started off very similar. Like I was, you know, emulating her, and she was emulating, you know, whoever was, you know, the big self-portrait person at the time, probably Alex Stoddard. And we, over time, like I kind of went right, and she went a bit more left. And yeah, we grew into our own, our own styles, which is yeah, which is good. I think a lot of us start kind of emulating our idols, and before we really find our own voice or image or style. Yeah, exactly. When I first started out, I had a bunch of photographers, self-portrait photographers that I was really obsessed with. And I remember just like you emulating their styles. And most of my early photographs back in 2000, whatever, I don't even remember the date. Um, they look exactly like those photographers' pictures, which I mean, I could be embarrassed about, but I think it's cool because then you learn when you try to copy other people's styles. I mean, as long as it doesn't become a habit, though. <laughs> yeah and I think it's good because it's like intimidating at, at first you it's like okay I want to pick up a camera I want to take photos um we would go on Flickr then but you know now you go on Instagram and it's just like wow everyone is amazing like where do they start mm -hmm. and it's, you can't really find that starting point anymore everyone wants to clean up their feed everyone wants to take away like this is my day one photo but you know when you and I started we saw that kind of day one and it was like everyone kind of started you know copying someone else it's like it's a natural way to start because you you have to test you know what you can do and then from there you grow exactly yeah you get the best from each photographer that you copy from and then that helps you develop your own style in a way mm -hmm. um my first person who i was really emulating was brooke shaden like i was obsessed i wanted to be brooke shaden i just thought her photos were so unique they looked like a renaissance painting um, and I just was like, how do you do that? So all my early photos are just like covered in textures, like downloading textures from Google Images and just throwing them on my photo. So yeah, it definitely got <laughs> yeah. a bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everybody knows Brooke Shaden. And to those who don't, she's a fine art photographer, I would say. It's very difficult to describe her work because she's so diverse and full of different creative ideas. But she has been taking photos for a long time and she is almost everybody's inspiration especially in the portrait photography genre yeah absolutely like she really kicked it off and she was one of the first people to go beyond just putting pictures up she would start to put up tutorials and like um behind the scenes videos and how she thought of the concept and yeah she was really like a pioneer that you know it's we know about it but i feel like she's not as big as she should be in, in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah, so to anyone who's listening who's not sure, definitely check out her work and be inspired by her use of textures and colors. I mean, she really knows how to make something stand out. It's, all of her pictures are unforgettable. Yeah, absolutely. I really like your conceptual photos. They all have a unique and moody feeling to them. What's the process of coming up with ideas like for you? Um, I'm very much like a spur-of-the-moment kind of photographer and person in general. It always starts with like something will strike me, whether it's like a, an emotion I'm feeling or a movie I just watched or an album I just listened to, like that will kick off something. And I think, wow, I need to express the way that whatever this is has made me feel. Um, let's just go take a photo right now. And then I'll, you know, depending on where I am, I'll just kind of work with what I've got. And it will usually start with a self-portrait and... It's very rough at first. I'm kind of just standing in front of the camera. But once, you know, I see the first few pictures, okay, maybe we can add this, maybe we can change this angle. Maybe this part of my space will work better. And then it, it just builds from there, really. It's not it's not something that I 
I plan out for weeks or have a story behind necessarily. It's just very free form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that completely because I have a similar process for me as well. A lot of my inspiration comes from movies and books and music, just anything random, even a quote that I found randomly on some website. Mm. So it is that uh, it is possible to approach photography this way as well because I know a lot of photographers are maybe intimidated by the idea of coming up with ideas for weeks. I mean, it's not everybody's style and that's completely fine. I mean, I know with your sister we talked about this. She's sort of a, a mix of both. She likes to plan and Sometimes her photo shoots are spontaneous, so I think it's uh, totally cool to be on either side or have both sides of those, of those yeah, things. Yeah, I agree. It's good to – look, I love planners. Like, I love seeing a photo and, like, really – and they've got a long caption kind of being like, okay, I thought about this, and it just adds so much to the photo. Um, I mm-hmm. love seeing people who do that. And sometimes when I – you know, even if I'm doing my photos sporadically, like, it's actually after fact. Um, while I'm editing, I'm realizing, oh, like, I see why I put that there, that kind of tying into this and that. And then the story, like, it's like I had a story, but I just didn't realize it until I was, you know, in the final stages of editing. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't really know how to explain it exactly, but it's very free flowing and just whatever I get is what I get pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And you've worked with both professional and amateur models. I know that working with professionals is usually very fun because they know exactly what to do in front of the camera. And there are many portrait photographers who want to find professionals to work with, but don't really know where to start. I definitely know I was like that when I started out because I I was an absolute beginner. There were no guides online really at that time, especially as a 12-year-old that didn't really know how to research this kind of stuff. So do you have any advice for absolute beginners who want to get into the industry? Yeah, definitely. Like I was the same like for the longest time it was just self-portraits and of course pictures of Alex my sister which you know that's not everyone just has a sister that's keen for (laughs) self-portraits and hey put this wig on and let's wrap you in seaweed and like all this weird stuff we would do so like that was such a help if you can get your siblings involved definitely do it it's a great it's a great way to get into taking photos and it's so much fun um but yeah like most people I just start with my friends and self-portraits but, you know, at a certain point, you you kind of, you know, you're taking great photos, but you're like, I want that, you know, I want that that model experience, like someone who just, like, knows um, how to pose exactly how I want. And, you know, it's very nerve-wracking to take that step, like, oh, am I good enough to work with a model, not just with a friend who, you know, is doing this as a favor or just a way to hang out. So the best thing you can do is just look up local model agencies in your city. So, you know, I I just Googled Sydney modeling agencies and, you know, contact them and just be like, describe what your photography is like, how long you've been doing it. And even if you're just starting out, you just want to ask, oh, do you have any new models just that you've just signed or that need some, you know, some shots for their portfolio? Would you like to do a test shoot? And more often than not, they'll send you, you know, one or two, you know, models who have just joined. And even though they've just joined, I've never really had an experience where I felt like they did not know what they were doing. Like they knocked it out of the park every time. So really all you have to do is just contact the modeling agency. Would you like to test shoot? And basically just go from there. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I think it's the best approach. And I know that based on my own research and experience, it seems like test shoots are free, right? Whereas when you hire actual professionals, then they have some sort of price. But with test shoots, it's usually available for anyone, right? Yeah, yeah. As long as they're quite happy with the photos you've 
like they've seen on your you know social media yeah it's free and it's just kind of like you scratch my back i scratch yours like our model gets great pictures for the website and you know you get to shoot with a model so yeah it's free yeah and you get that experience of working with a professional model and as you said even models that have just joined agencies they already know what they're doing of course that's why they joined an agency so don't be afraid of uh, working with new models yeah absolutely yeah i really encourage people to do it because it's the same on their end too they really want to work with photographers and they're just as nervous and if you're just starting out as well it's great it's very relaxed because it's a weight off both your shoulders when you start shooting yeah and that's an important point that you made too because i remember when i was young i was really scared because i knew that i didn't have enough experience so i was a bit intimidated by these models that i was working with or even friends really just people who were interested in adding pictures to their portfolios i was terrified because i I was self-conscious. I didn't know if they would like the photos that I took. And you just have to remember that they're probably just as nervous as Christian said. So, Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing you can do is bring them in on the shoot. You know, even if you have a very strong idea, like you really want to make it a situation where they can share ideas. You know, if they, if they want to, some models, you just want to, you like be told, like, well, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But I find like my best shoots are always from just collaborating with whoever I'm working with. Like the model might have an idea, why don't we do this? Or I think this would be cool if I did that. And even if you don't think it's the best idea for your shoot, I, it's great to just try because you might even surprise yourself and find, wow, these were actually the best shots of the day. Yeah, that's a good answer. And you've also done wedding photography and your wedding photos are really good. You have a solid portfolio. Uh, I know that's not your main focus, but still I'm interested in knowing how you deal with the craziness of a wedding because I know they're usually very busy and hectic. How do you do that while taking beautiful pictures at the same time? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And like we could talk about this for so long. Um, my wedding photography was basically born from um, I couldn't get a job in retail. And I thought, <laughs> what other skills do I have? Um, I got my photography. Um, so, yeah, whilst I was in uni, I thought, okay, the best way is to do weddings. Um, and what helped me with my weddings is you like nine times out of ten, I knew somebody um who was in the wedding party like my friend would say oh my my friend is getting married like i suggested you and you shoot so it's always nice having that familiar face even if it's chaos around you you just see that one person that you're like yep um i feel a bit more comfortable um whilst i'm shooting um another thing that really helped was just talking with the couples before like for for you know multiple occasions before the wedding like we'd visit the location of the reception and where we're going to do the couple shoots we kind of walked through it we talked about what kind of shots they would want so this is in complete contrast to my creative photography where everything is loose everything is quite planned in a wedding and you know it's like anything once you're a few hours into it you just kind of get in a flow state and uh the pictures you know to take themselves in in a sense mm-hmm. yeah that's a great answer. It's a great approach. And the tip that you gave with uh, regarding friends and seeing familiar faces is really important too, because especially if you're just starting out, uh, it's really scary to be in an environment where you don't really know anyone. So maybe even if you don't have a friend there, bring a friend with you if that's allowed and just uh, have that little bit of comfort during a busy time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Again, I'm really lucky to have a sibling who's into photography. So, like, most of the time I had Alex with me as my second. 
um, you know, my second shooter. So I could always, you know, even if it's stressful, I can just look at her and we just, hey, you just, you see each other, you're like, yeah, we're in this together. Don't worry. So yeah, bring yeah. a friend. Like, even if they're just holding your reflector and your tripod, you know, <laughs> pay them some money. Like, it's great. Yeah, um, like the, the couple won't, um, you know, won't object to that. I doubt it. Yeah, I think in most cases they'll be open to it. I mean, if your friend is also a photographer, that means twice as many photos for them anyway. So it's a good yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what scares you the most as an artist? I, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. To, thanks for that. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's what worries me. I would say worries more than scares. Um, it's just like how the climate is for photographers these days. How you just have to. It, it, I feel this need like to break through. I have to be posting constantly rather than posting just like a quality photo every few weeks, which is kind of you know how I have been doing it. And it just scares me that um, a lot of people are just going to be missed. So much talent is going to be missed because they're not pumping out content like on a regular basis to just, you know, make sure to get noticed on feeds and on the explore page and things like that. That's something that's definitely, you know, been playing on my mind lately. Yeah, no, that's definitely an issue. And I've discussed this with Mike Monaghan as well. And he also mentioned something similar where you have to, you know, post constantly or else the algorithm will not support your work online and it's, it's just how it works unfortunately people feel pressure to post all the time and maybe produce work that they're not exactly proud of and that can have a, a negative effect on their creativity i mean ultimately it's about how you uh, the relationship you have with your own work and it has to be healthy for it to work properly so if you feel pressured all the time i doubt that you're going to want to take many photos that are good Anyway, so yeah, it is a big thing nowadays, especially. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I don't have, a, you know, there's no actual deadline, but it, it just feels like there is. Mm. So it just, yeah, it adds a lot of pressure. And as soon as I know, like, for whatever reason, as soon as I know, oh, I need to do it by this time, it's just like it doesn't get done for whatever reason when it comes to something creative. And that's mm -hmm. why I've just not never done the 365. I've never done the 52 weeks. It's just always like whenever it comes to me, whenever I'm feeling it, that's when I'll, yeah, that's when I'll do it. Yeah, that's a good approach because I've discussed this with a few photographers as well where uh, I, I started 365 projects and I sort of finished one of them but then I didn't really continue with it in the middle and it was just a mess and I didn't feel fulfilled creatively. I think it's important to just do it in the spur of the moment just like you do or you know whatever feels right to the photographer. But how do you deal with uh, the whole social media pressure situation? How should photographers deal with it, especially beginners? Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back.
If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Um, to be honest, like uh, over the past couple years, I've kind of just stopped trying to chase it so much. Like there was a while there where it was just like, what's the right hashtag I need? Um, what if I pay to promote the post? What if I start commenting and following and unfollowing? And like, there's a million like YouTube videos and tutorials, like how to get noticed, how to get 10K followers. And it was just getting so much. My advice is to just stop caring, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> That's just, a very good piece of advice, yeah. Yeah, just stop. Like, it's not about your feed and how the three blocks look together and your Instagram. Of course, that's nice. It's not about your following count. It's like you, at the end of the day, like um, you're going to look back at the photos. You're not going to look back at like the followers. You're going to look back at, wow, I took this photo. How was I feeling? Where was I at in my life? You know, I'm really proud of the way that came out. I'm proud of the way that I worked with that person. Like that's what matters really. And we get so caught up in this, like the followers and the comments and it's just, it takes away from why you probably started photography in the first place, you know, which was just to express yourself. Exactly. For most photographers, I think the goal initially was to pursue a new passion. And that's what it's all about, as you said, at the end of the day. So maybe it is looked down on to not care, especially from a commercial point of view. But I think ultimately that is the best approach. So if you really care about your work yet, yeah, try not to let other people's opinions or some invisible algorithm affect the way that you approach it, especially if it's a negative approach. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I had the same thing with like having a consistent image. Like you'll notice most super popular photographers on social media, it's like, okay, that's a so-and-so photo. That's their style. Like you can tell. Um, and I've never been great at just staying in that lane. Maybe some of my photos have, you know, my portraits have certain consistencies, my double exposures have certain consistencies, but I want to do all my different types of photography. I don't want to get, I just, I don't want to be known for one certain thing. And I feel like that's another thing I don't like about the industry right now. It's like, what do you do? Like, what's your selling point? And you get kind of put in a creative box. And I just, I just don't really like that. Yeah. There's the standard question of who is your target audience? And there is no answer to that really. It's just whoever, you know, whoever connects to your work. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I'm just so tired of it all. And I'm just, I'm just content now just creating what I think are really cool pictures. And that's pretty much enough for me at this point. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I support that. I mean, I know it's not uh, the best thing, as I said, commercially, but mm. it's better for your mental health at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it, it became more of like, me feeling like I'm starting a business rather than pursuing a passion. Like, of course, I'm not going to say no to any opportunities. Of course, I would love them. But it just, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in making my photography a business. You know, it just takes away, takes away the fun of it for me, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something photographers have to consider, especially beginners or even people who are rethinking about the way that they like to continue with their photography. Um, are you happy with the whole business side of things or do you want to pursue something a bit more creative? And, you know, you have to think about these things beforehand, make a list of pros and cons of both. And if you truly feel like having a business in the photography industry will stress you out, then definitely don't pursue that. Don't feel pressured to pursue that. Yeah, I think it's important just to be happy with purely the art of photography as it is. And just think, am I okay with this just being 
a hobby like if it stays a hobby like I think it's good to be okay with that and it takes away a lot of the pressure and if you do succeed that's amazing but at, at the end of the day you you know you've still got that passion you know yeah. even if it does even if you don't yes. skyrocket to the top you know yes first and foremost do it for you not for anyone else yeah definitely You've collaborated with many talented artists, including your sister, of course, and Rosie Hardy, who is a, an incredible photographer, and a bunch of other artists. What are your tips for photographers who want to have a successful collaboration with other artists? Buy plane tickets and talk to lots of people, <laughs> basically. That's what you got to do. Um, I've been so lucky. Like, my family is such, like, we're obsessed with traveling and um you know, we had a great Flickr community around 10 years ago. We we're all talking to each other. And it just so worked out that uh, my sister and I, like, she finished high school um, one year before me. And they said, you know, Christian, when you finish high school, we're going to go to America. We're going to do a big trip. And it just so happened that all these people we've been talking to for so many years, like, we're just, you know, pit stops on every city we we're going to. So it was so good to, you know, meet all these people we spoke to online about. Uh, our photos and everything and take photos with them um but again that's like super specific to me if i had to be general it's just get involved in the community really and you don't have to find someone on the other side of the planet even though i have a bit of a habit of doing that um there are i guarantee there are very like heaps of local photographers in your area i guarantee that you can meet up with and shoot with and they'll have an instagram and you can collaborate and they shout you out and it just it just grows from there it's just not to be afraid to just shoot somebody a message. And most people are super um, flattered to get a message. We'll always be up for a chat. So I say just go for it. Just talk to people. Yeah. I feel like most photographers in general are pretty approachable. And they're just happy to work with other people. Of course, there are exceptions. But I think the majority are willing to collaborate with people. Because in a collaboration, you learn from the other artists. You see how they approach their work and maybe they'll take photos of you and you'll see their process and you can both learn from each other especially if you're just starting out so it is a cool experience I think yeah definitely I just yeah I say like really approach people who inspired you like that's what I did when I was starting out like whoever I was a fan of I made sure to tell them I was a fan I really wanted to talk to them and I really wanted to know what their process was and I just <laughs> yeah I just I just had to know like I had a real hunger to know how they did it and like I know most beginners do have that and just just go for it just ask them a question I'm sure they'll get back to you mm -hmm. yeah I was that annoying kid as a 12 year old who messaged everybody that I was a fan of and it was persistently well not persistently I didn't spam them of course I was polite but I was really just fangirling <laughs> everybody and be like I love your work so much it's so inspiring and Oftentimes they would respond, even if they were pretty popular back then. It's just they, as you said, people feel, feel flattered when you say that you like their work and they feel special and they want to return the favor and help you out in some way. So because of my persistence, I was able to make a lot of friends, first and foremost, many of whom are still my friends today, like you. And second, I was able to build some sort of community that I still have today as well, where it's, you know, you feel supported and you feel like you you have somebody for something to lean on when you have a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better. And I think you, we've both made such like, we've made lifelong friends because of this. And it's because we just kind of went for it and said, Hey, I love your photos. And I remember when you, you kind of came out of nowhere. I still remember. I'm like, who is this girl? And it was because <laughs> no. you, yeah, you were talking to everyone. I'm like, she's so young. Like what? And I was like, why is she so good? 
<laughs> why is she so good at 12 what is going on but yeah you like guys Taya blew up on Flickr so quickly because she was talking to everybody she she became part of the community and like it's a shame but I do think that's a little bit a bit lost now just because Instagram is just so vast but I'm sure there are pockets of you know sub communities and and you know there's a million places to find people on the internet now I sound like a grandpa like I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to do it now how you kids do it but you know there's people love to hear from people who are complimenting their work like who, who doesn't want to hear that from somebody of course exactly yeah no I think Instagram isn't the only place to communicate with photographers of course it is one of the greatest places because as you said it's so vast but there's uh you know, platforms I've mentioned in the past are TikTok. It could work for some people, especially those who like videos. Um, I think Flickr is still a place. I mean, it's not as big as it used to be, but I think it's still it's still going. I still post there, and it's one of the two main places where I post. Actually, I post on 500px and Flickr most of the time. And on Flickr, there are still a lot of photographers that were active years ago, and it's it still feels like it's a smaller community now, but it still feels warm and nice, so... Yeah, definitely check that out if you're interested in something a bit smaller, but still quite cozy. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I still post to Flickr as well. I, I don't think I'll ever stop posting to Flickr just because my whole journey is there, even though um, I have privated a lot of it because, like, my hair was down to my shoulders. I did weird edits, like, some things. I'm just <laughs> oh, going to no. keep. <laughs> some things need to just, you know, for my eyes only. Um, but yeah, it's like where I started. I'm always going to post there. And yeah, I still do get comments. There's a few of us. We're still there. Yeah. It's as if we're an extinct species. You're talking about this. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're just like the last ones left. Just holding on. Oh, oh he's so old. <laughs> <laughs> I have a random but fun question for you. If you were given $1 million to spend on anything photography related, what would you do? Okay. I know, I know exactly what I would do. I hope this still um, fits the rules of your question but I would definitely use it for traveling, um, uh, take photographs in as many different places as possible. So um, flights and hotels and might upgrade some of my equipment, might get a new Nikon, uh, might get an 85 millimeter, which I've been like thinking about for like six years. And it's, yeah, I would just want to travel the world, get some friends, get some people I love, just travel, take pictures of them. And um yeah, throw it all up online. That would be that would be enough for me. I don't think I would do the whole studio thing or buy like twenty thousand dollar lens. No, I just would want to go around and see as much as I could. Yeah, that's a great answer. I like that. I think it's uh, it does follow the rules of my question traveling. <laughs> I mean, you're traveling for the purpose of photography, so yes, uh, I accept your answer. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad. <laughs> I would probably um, have you heard of the digital Hasselblad? Oh, yes, I have. I, have, I, I would totally want to invest in that. That looks like a dream. Yeah, like there is some gear out there that is just mind-boggling, but I would feel too much pressure with that thing in my hands. Like I just wouldn't feel worthy, <laughs> like no matter no matter what the situation was. It's just like it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, oh, I would be terrified of dropping it, actually. I'd be scared all the time, so maybe it wouldn't yeah. be the best investment. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. yeah. It would just, yeah, even now I'm... I, like I've owned my camera long enough now to like I can drop it, I can bang it around a little bit. I don't, I don't mind too much, but yes, I, I, I'm kind of. I think that's why I haven't bought anything 
because I'm just too terrified of like, the responsibility. It's just a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, mine has a few scratches on it, not in any important places, just, uh, yeah, it's very, I don't know, it's a cozy little camera. It's been with me for a while, so it is nice to have that. And as you said, you're not really scared of, of course, you don't want it to break, but if it gets a little scratch somewhere, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would also be very scared of buying something new. I remember the my current one, I use the Canon 5D Mark II. I bought it used, so even that, it wasn't as scary. Mm. Uh, but I think the only camera that I bought new, just brand new, was uh, the Canon 60D back in Cyprus. And I, I guess I was too excited and too naive to think about the responsibility of having a new camera. I wasn't that scared, mm. I guess, but... I think if I got a new one now, I would be terrified for my life. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's just like, yeah, it just, it just, it's just different now. And oh man, you got the Mark II. What a classic. Like that was like the holy grail of cameras when we were like I around know. 2012. Oh, yes. I remember I was obsessed with it the moment I, I saw that it was a thing. Cause I remember I, I think it was on DeviantArt and, uh, on Flickr and on DeviantArt and on 500px, I think I'm not, yeah, I don't think it's a thing on Instagram, but you can see the stats for each picture, what kind of camera they use, the lens, the settings. So I remember seeing a lot of photographers that I admired using the 5D Mark II, and so it immediately became my dream camera. So when I got my hands on it, I was really happy. So yeah, I think it's still one of the greatest cameras. I mean, I'm biased, but it's my opinion. Yeah, honestly, like it, everybody used it. It was like the gold standard. Like if you want to take portraits, like this is your camera. If you want to do landscapes, it's your camera. If you want to do time lapses, like it was like the camera to get. Um, yeah, and the thing is that it's it's still a thing now, and it's very affordable now that so many years have passed. So. Yeah. yeah. Are they up to like the Mark IV now? I haven't really followed. Yeah. Oh, the Mark IV. Oof. The quality. It's just there's something about it. There is something about the pictures taken with the Mark IV that are, I don't know, they have this quality to them. I don't know. It's just like using high quality pencils or paints, <laughs> yeah. you know? There's yeah, some you, feeling to it. You just know immediately. It's like, well, this is expensive. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. An expensive photograph taken with an expensive camera. <laughs> absolutely yes and that's also taken the pressure off as well like i know this sounds silly but like when i first got my camera it was new and it was like the new full frame for nikon and i just thought like well i've got to make these pictures look good because i've got this great new camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i just feel so behind now like my camera is eight years old so i don't i feel like um it feels kind of nice i feel like like a bit of an underdog like yeah i'm gonna make this work it's gonna i'll give it still make it look good yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, mine's I think over six years old as well, and it's cool when I am still able to take pictures that I'm proud of with it, and I feel like, oh, okay, you know, people still like the stuff, but even though I'm not using the latest equipments, and that's the thing, that's not something anyone has to worry about. If you're using some used camera that you bought because it was the only thing you could afford, that's totally fine as well. It actually makes you even cooler, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think with um, with cameras like they age way better than well it's still cameras but like stills age better than um videos because video quality is just improving exponentially like and it's very obvious if you film something you know 15 years ago digitally till now but you know if you have a dslr from 10 years ago like it's still going to look great today exactly yeah, so. yeah that's a great point never really thought of that yeah exactly some pictures i went through my favorites on Flickr a while back i have like fifty thousand favorites <laughs> <laughs> And I saw some pictures from 
10 years ago, they could still stand out in today's industry. Like even on Instagram, they would still look great and you wouldn't be able to tell that they were taken so long ago. So it is awesome that photos don't age in that sense, as you said. Yeah. And the other thing is just, it's not really about, it's not necessarily about the megapixels and the sharpness. Like really when it's not about that at all. It's just about how your picture looks. So like gear is important to some extent, but not to the extent people hold it to. You know, it's just a business mm-hmm. like anything else. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, Christian, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Okay, that's a big one. Um, the great big question. Um, I think, like, I think I'm, I'm achieving what I'm going for, which is just like, you know, one day while I'm old, I'm sitting down in my chair and I can like look back at all my photos and just feel like, it's like, there's my life. It's right there. I can, even if it's not pictures of me, even if it's not pictures of people, I'll have all these pictures that I personally took. I know I was behind the camera and I can just look back and just see the journey and how I've progressed. And like when you look at a picture, you know how you felt when you took it most of the time, especially if it's, you know, if you're a photographer, you put a bit more thought into it. I just really want to continue with this. Even if I'm not, you know, at my peak right now, if I'm not, super inspired as much as I used to be I want this to be something that I just continue until you know for the rest of my life and I can look back on yeah that's what I'm going for (laughs) no that's a really nice wholesome answer I think that it's uh, ultimately every photographer's dream as well it's all about your whole life and your experience with photography and at the end of your life you you want to be proud of everything you've achieved in that world so yeah definitely yeah it's a really nice answer Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. I think we had an awesome interview. You shared a lot of valuable tips that I think the the listeners will appreciate. I will leave all the links to your work in the description. Please check out Christian's work, give him some love, and uh, support him for as long as you can. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ty. Thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. See you soon. See you later. Bye. That was a really fun interview. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. I like how chill Christian is when it comes to photography and social media, and I think it's definitely something we should keep in mind whenever we feel overwhelmed. Next week's episode is an interview with a very, very talented film photographer. I can't wait for you to listen to it. See you soon! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.